Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Generation Y Conservative Podcast. I am Chris Ford, your host. Uh, just want to go over a couple things quickly. The Twitter for my uh, following is at Generation at Gen Y Conservative. Without the E, you can find me on my Facebook page and other social media, especially my YouTube channel, which is this is broadcasting through right now as well, where you'll find lots more videos and some other uh, content that I've put together in video format as well. Uh, in February of this coming year, in 2017, you'll also find me on uh, TV locally here, but that will also air on my YouTube channel as well as I retain complete ownership of it. And after the episode airs, I'll be putting it onto the YouTube channel. So typically, this podcast is going to be going over the week's political topics on Friday nights and covering what happened throughout the week. But it would be foolish of me not to go over the results of the election that happened uh, just recently and talk about that before we start launching into everything. Because no matter who won that election, uh, we're going to have content for me to talk about for the next couple of years, no matter what. So Trump did win the election. Um, and just to go back on that, you know, I personally didn't want Trump to go past the primaries. I didn't vote for Trump. Uh, and the reason being, which is actually funny when you look at the circumstances of what's going on in the country right now, what people are protesting the reason why I didn't want him is because I didn't actually think that he was conservative. I thought that uh, he was more left-leaning, especially when you look at who he had been donating to politically over the years, Clinton being one of them, and uh, thought that he would actually lean left in his policies and he actually um, what he actually pitched to the voters. Uh, and the reason why I say that this is funny is because now you're seeing people in our country on the left saying that, uh, he's going to be this alt-right, uh, ultra-conservative and do all these horrible things. And uh, I just don't see it. I mean, there, there's a there's a big disconnect there. And I think that's something that we could dive into in the future because um, I believe Trump was a candidate that we read into as voters as what we wanted him to be, which is a big problem for both sides, because I think that a lot of people are going to be let down by the policies that he actually proposes. And I think that the people on the left are going to actually be let down with, uh, you know, him being them projecting onto him that he's a racist. So, um, I'll, you know, one of the big reasons I didn't vote for him in the primaries is because I, I really do look for a role model in our presidents for the children. And I know that that's not the most important thing. I'd, I'd say policies are the most important thing. But if I can't bring my daughters to a rally because of his foul mouth, um, you know, I really had a problem with that. Uh, here's the thing, though. In the general election, I did pull the lever for Trump. And I had my reasons for that as well. I think you have to weigh the circumstances as they come at you and with what you're given. And unfortunately, this election gave both sides the most unlikable candidates uh, possibly in history, certainly within our history of voting for people. And, and a lot of people don't feel that way because a lot of people did like Trump. For the life of me, I can't understand why anyone would like to vote for Hillary, except for 
certain reasons to make history. And I, I, you know, I think we'll be hitting that later on why I don't think that she was the right choice for that. I think you could have much better women in office as a better representative. Um, here are the reasons why I did vote for Trump, though. Of the reasons I voted for Trump is because of the Supreme Court and our military. I think that they're too important to hand over to a progressive liberal like Hillary Clinton, uh, who has proven her disdain for both the Constitution and our men and women who serve. And that's a big thing for me. Uh, I believe that one thing that separates our country from every other country out there is by the liberties that are given to us in our Constitution, which is why I consider myself a constitutionalist. And, And I have just seen over the last decade this rotting away of respect that our politicians have for the men and women who serve. It's it's much easier to send them to war than to actually participate in the war themselves. Uh, Here's another reason why I voted for Trump. It was a vote against Hillary Clinton. I knew that Whitewater, Travelgate, Filegate, Chinagate, David Koresh, Benghazi, the Clinton Foundation money laundering, the Clinton Foundation pay-to-play schemes, the private email server and classified emails, using the FBI to dig up dirt on Bill's rape victims and mistresses to blackmail them into silence. The fact that she was defending out of college a 40-year-old who raped a 12-year-old victim and after in, in subsequent interviews laughed about the fact that she knew he was guilty and got him off. It's, it's, it's one thing to expect people to have the right to a defense in this country, which I believe this guy did have the right to that, but it goes the extra step further when someone actually ends up laughing at the fact that she knew he was guilty and got him off about a 12 year old rape victim. It's it, that should be sickening to everybody. Um, So those and many other things have proven to me that Hillary is unfit to be president by her government interactions alone at this point. I mean, it just didn't make sense to give her that kind of power. Uh, You know, I believe that there are a lot of people that voted for Trump because we have become an overly sensitive PC culture, walking on eggshells, afraid to say anything wrong, Uh, in regards to gender pronouns or say something that could be taken the wrong way, we have shamed, we have shamed people into the silence that everyone is afraid to speak. And so instead we've replaced our public interactions with carefully thought out social media interactions within the parameters of our privacy settings. You know, not much is, is made public on Facebook anymore by people. They have their privacy settings to those that they're friends with and everything because they know that jobs or friends or family will hang people out to dry in a second if it fits their agenda, whether it's a political agenda, social agenda, or anything else. Uh, You know, here's one thing I found really interesting about this election cycle, actually. I have received more messages and support and more likes on the political posts I've put up from my friends that have always identified as more liberal than I have from my conservative friends right now. And I think the reason is because of this PC culture. The overuse of labels like bigot, racist, xenophobe, homophobe, sexist, 
have opened the eyes of so many people on the left that have been politically asleep. It has been a political awakening, and they've realized this false narrative that the left has projected on the right, and that's all you're hearing anymore. The fact that Trump won is a clear indication of what we call the pendulum effect in politics. When you swing a vote drastically in the favor of a radical leftist like President Obama out of anger towards a president like President Bush, who even people on the right like myself had problems with, it is bound to swing with an equal amount of force in the opposite direction when given the opportunity. And that's exactly what we saw, a swing in the opposite direction of votes going towards Trump out of anger towards Obama, just like there was the anger towards Bush. And, and what's going to happen is we're, this is going to keep on happening in, in our culture until we find the ability to actually talk to each other. You know, the right didn't create the conditions for Trump. Uh, it's actually been from everyone, but the left created them and the candidate came along and took the opportunity to plug into that anger, fear, and angst of a group of people that had been neglected and falsely accused of being racist, sexist, homophobe, you know, all those things that they throw out all the time while not checking their white privilege for too long. Believing that these people have had it easy because they are white, failing to recognize the struggle of all people in the middle and lower class of America under strenuous regulations and policies and the emptying of their wallet, my wallet being one of them, under skyrocketing premiums from Obamacare that was sold on a lie that it would lower the cost to us. You know, for me personally, my family over the last year and a half have been on six different medical plans under the Obamacare uh, website, uh, I'm sorry, the exchange, because they keep on dumping your plans. You know, that's such a far cry from being able to keep the doctor that you want and have and like. It's gotten to the point now where every single time your, your plan is dropped, you have to look for a new doctor. And as you're doing that, your costs are skyrocketing. You know, it's gotten to the point where that is your biggest expense in the home sometimes. So the night before the election, I thought this was pretty funny. CNN Sally Cohn tweeted this. My sense is that if Trump wins, Hillary supporters will be sad. If Hillary wins, Trump supporters will be angry. Important difference. So she got that completely backwards. If you're actually watching the news at all within the last two weeks and seeing what's been going on out there. The party of tolerance and love Trump's hate has either participated in the rioting, looting, and violent protests or encouraged it because their candidate didn't win. So I think if you look back through my social media, especially on my Facebook page where I'm most active, uh, my question to everyone is, where are the peacekeepers? You know, immediately on the night of the election, before the results were even in, I was saying, you know, I hope that the winning party takes this eloquently and and doesn't have a boisterous, in-your-face attitude when confronting the opposite party. And I hope that the losers aren't sore losers and accept the results, that we don't have 
mass hysteria or anything. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm a little sick. So my question out there is, where are the peacekeepers in all this? You know, neither side is approaching this out of love. It's, it's everything that's been happening has been out of a hateful, spiteful, vengeful attitude um, feeding on the fear and anxiety of, of everyone that's involved. Uh, you know, I'm going to hit on some certain topics on what's been going on out in, out in the world out there with the rioting and everything. But instead of people in the political left saying, my word, we're saying that Trump is going to destroy America, but in doing so, we're causing these riots that are destroying America a month and a half before he even gets into office. We need to take a step back, get some perspective, reorganize, and actually approach us from a mature, intelligent manner where we actually have conversations with people and find out what the hell went wrong on where this disconnect is with each other. Instead of doing that, they... they are posting up articles that are feeding the flames of this political bonfire that's happening across the nation right now. You know, oh, this is, this is one of my favorite topics. I had to write this down because it's the one thing I think that drove me the most nuts the week after the election. All over my social media feeds, and including people that I am related to, there were people that were Clinton supporters saying, what do I tell my kids now with this Trump win? What do I, what do I tell them? And it's, it's absolutely ridiculous because in order for your children to be upset, you or someone else, a teacher possibly, would have had to fill their head with your political agenda before they could handle it in a mature manner. So you set up this fear and anxiety of a Trump win in your child's mind and then crush them with that news upon the win. So you have no one to blame but yourself. This, this conversation that you have to have, why the hell are you having this conversation with your kids? It's ridiculous. You know, the conversation should be short and simple. Here, I'll, I'll set it out for you. If you haven't had the conversation yet, but you do want to have the conversation with your kids, this is what you should say. You know what? I don't necessarily agree with what this person stands for, but they are a president. We will give them a chance. America has a long history of ups and downs and we'll survive and make the best of this. Now, what the hell do you want for breakfast? It's that easy. That's all you had to say. We will survive this. America has survived this. We've been through much worse times. <laughs> Just get on with the conversation. If, if your children are this crushed by the election results, they weren't mature enough to handle that prior conversation that you had with them in the first place about what a Trump win would mean. So here's my question to you. What would you have said if Hillary won? Or what would you have neglected to say if Hillary won? Because, number one, she let Americans die in Benghazi. She covered her husband's rape victims by leveraging the FBI to find files on them and blackmail them into silence. Her and her husband sold classified secrets of blueprints for nuclear power and satellite technology to the Chinese for the campaign contributions in what the press would call Chinagate during her president's term. And she was directly involved in that, mind you. 
Here's another thing that didn't come out that much. I mean, her sour, just absolutely mean attitude was visible to all that were willing to see it. But one thing that you didn't hear and that I've heard from many staff members under her is that she regularly refers to her female staff as the C word when she's angry and throws things. And I heard this from a person who said that working for the Clintons, Bill was an exceptionally nice person to the staff and was regularly upset and embarrassed by Hillary's behavior. What about her charity foundation, which only gives 10% of the actual 10% of their funds to actual charity and the majority of the rest goes to her as salary or her traveling funds. How about the foreign powers that have donated to the Clinton Foundation to receive favors through her at the State Department when she was Secretary of State? How about the fact that she intentionally disobeyed government protocol and sent and received classified information on her phone and private email server so sensitive that the judge who investigated her had to get clearance to rule on her? And as I mentioned before, she defended a 40-year-old who raped a 12-year-old and then laughed in subsequent interviews that she knew he was guilty and got him off. I would really like you to approach your children of 12 years or younger about that one. I wonder what you would say to them in that kind of conversation, if you would have the guts to bring it up at all. Again, I don't even necessarily think that's a mature conversation to have with your kids. But as long as you're bringing it up and so upset and that you've so upset them by this point with your conversation on Trump, maybe that's something that you should consider bringing up. Maybe you should try to be a responsible adult and teach down the center and teach about the negatives and positives of both candidates. Not that there was much of each for both of them. Well, there were a lot of negatives, that's for sure. But lots of stuff happened after this election. But what did liberals claim would happen if Trump was elected? This is where it gets pretty interesting because even I am surprised by what's been happening. They claim that there would be economic collapse, international wars, and hate crimes. Here's what we got. Other countries coming out in support of starting new relationships with this new president-elect from all over the place, even Russia. Now, just as a quick side note for you, Russia can go either way, mind you. Either Putin is going to end up trying to use Trump for his political advantage and going in that direction because right now Russia is a power that we should be keeping a very close eye on, frankly. Or we renew a relationship there and it goes good. And we actually have a good relationship with Russia and can keep them in check. I don't know which way it's going to go, but I do know that Putin reached out and uh, used congratulations and said that he wants to start new talks with them. Now, why don't you in your spare time look up when Hillary Clinton went over to Russia and gave Russian uh, officials over there a reset button for their relationship. And the reset button didn't even say reset in Russian. It said something else. So you can go look that up. But that was a pretty funny instance. Excuse me. So what else did we get? Well, in the last week, and I come from a a background where I actually worked in commodities and, and watched a stock market with a friend of mine. The Dow and S&P have been hitting all-time highs. 
which is in direct contradiction to the economic collapse. The guy hasn't even taken office yet, and the market is already responding to his win in this kind of way. Not only that, the, the dollar is up as well, if you haven't taken notice to that. You know, if you really want some unbiased politics to see how the country is being affected, don't turn on Fox News. Don't turn on MSNBC, CNN, ABC, NBC, you know, all those things. Turn on CNBC, the uh, business network, because all the politicians that go on that network suddenly tone down their political rhetoric and actually start talking about the ways that the economy is being affected. And you can actually get a great sense of where things are going and how policies will affect things. So what else happened? How's this for a shocker? Two people, President Obama and Bernie Sanders, have come out and offered their support to Trump. Now, not ratcheting down on the rioting uh, rhetoric, they haven't come out and said anything about stopping with the protests or anything, or stop with at least the looting to protest peacefully or anything. But they have come out and said, That Number one, for President Obama, he said that the meeting with Trump was productive. It went longer than expected. And he will do anything and everything to have a peaceful transition of power for his staff to come into the White House. In the case of Bernie Sanders, he said anyone on the outside of politics going in, looking to do things that he's doing, he will align on his political agenda and try to help get those things done. So what else happened? Hate crimes. Hate crimes are happening, but guess what? They've always been happening. Uh, We got those. They're happening at a far more frequent rate on the left towards those that voted for Trump than on the right. Beatings, muggings, vandalism, and other violence. Are there hate crimes on the right? Yes, there there are stories and, and posts that are coming out on, you know, KKK marches and everything else. These kook fringe lunatics on the right and you'll see that you have a fraction of let you have a a fraction of less than one percent of trump supporters who are white nationalists and kkk sympathizers this isn't a mass thing that's going on what is happening is this hysteria that's being fed into by the left to go and perpetrate violence on those that voted for trump because they're they're scared And I get what being scared is like. Listen, the emotions that you're running through right now are similar to the emotions that we ran through four and eight years ago when Obama was elected because we knew that Obamacare would be a disaster. We knew that Common Core was going to F up our education systems and the public. We knew that taxes were going to be outrageous. We knew that things were going to be crammed down our throats with executive orders. What we didn't do is go out and riot and protest and cause havoc out there destroying small businesses that are the backbone of our society here in America because we were upset about it. What we did was we organized. We got politically active. We started forming Tea Party groups. We set an agenda of what we're looking for. And from that spawned different things, the Tea Party being the major one. Now, of course, you know, bigotry and sexism and racism was thrown at those without any evidence because it was those people that were getting beat up by the left. We organized politically and we came back in different ways and won over the Senate and the House in different times and now the presidency. You know, some crimes 
against minorities right now that are apparently being perpetrated by those on the right have actually turned out to be fabricated to spread a narrative that supported an anti-Trump agenda. And one of those stories I found interesting. I'm not going to name names on this one, but uh, a friend of mine posted an article about a, uh, a girl, a college girl, Muslim, uh, on a college campus who was suddenly stopped by two white Trump supporters. They had hats on that said, make America great again. And her hijab was stolen and obscenities were yelled at her. And it turned out that this story was completely fabricated. And it was said by the police that this had actually ended up being a fabrication. What's the purpose of that? This is a really scary thing that you have to consider too, because because you are so anti-Trump that you would make up a story like this to spread an agenda. And, and not only that, the people that posted these articles, then not following it up with the fact that these were in fact fabricated stories to send a clear message of, okay, here's what's really going on out there. You know, if we have to correct, we have to correct because the truth is important. Instead of posting those follow-ups, they chose to ignore it because spreading a false narrative at this point is feeding the fuels or feeding the flame out there of this political bonfire that's going to spread uh, with these protests. And why stop that if you don't have to, right? Because the truth doesn't matter in a lot of those cases. Why would the, why would you tell the truth if it's going to start cooling off those flames a little bit? Here's the problem with that kind of story though. If a story like that is fabricated, what ends up happening is people in those areas, in this, in this case, in this college area, there are people that may not know that this story was fabricated and not have gotten an update on that. And now you have people in that area looking for two white men that fit the description of what happened in this case, this fabricated case. And they may end up going and hunting down these two types of men and beating them or possibly even killing them based on a false story. And whose fault is that? Well, I would say it's a couple people's faults, to be honest with you. I would say it's the fault of this this woman at this college who fabricated the story in the first place. But what about the people that posted the story and didn't follow up with the truth afterwards, knowing that there was a truth out there? Because personally, I, I told my friend, I think it's your responsibility to post an update on this about the truth. Well, I, I'm sorry. I think that you're one of the people that has to be blamed for this type of thing. <laughs> You know, this election was meant to break the glass ceiling for women. And, and that's what people are voting on. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, you could do so much better on the left or we as a nation. <coughs> because let's face it, Carly Fiorina ran on our side during the primaries and she would have made a fantastic president. She had her, she had her faults and flaws. You know, she came from California. She had some California ideology with her. Um, you know, not that that's wrong out there. You know, people out there have their way of thinking, and it fits with California. In the case of out here, you know, that kind of thing wouldn't jive as much, which is why someone like me is for state rights. So uh, you can move to a state that forms with your ideology more fluidly. You know, I don't, I don't want a nation with all these states that think and act the same 
have the same rules and everything as every other state because what the heck is the difference between that and you know you're you're basically moving for climate at that point look at the scandals and horrible things that she has done Hillary Clinton that I already mentioned that are far that there are far better examples of women out there that could fit this bill now here's here I'm just going to throw this out there right now I hate <laughs> Hate is a strong word. I, I very strongly dislike Elizabeth Warren, okay? I think that she's a fraud, you know, someone that complains about the cost of college tuition, but then turns around and takes a professor job for $400,000 a year and gets that job by lying about her Native American heritage behind her to get a leg up on the competition. She says some stupid things. She does some stupid things. Nothing compared to the way Hillary Clinton is. If you wanted a better example of someone to run as a female on the left, here's why I'll throw you an olive branch left. Pick Elizabeth Warren for crying out loud. Much of many of you were were you know ranting and raving about her during this whole election process anyway, hoping that she would run. At least I could tell why you were voting for her because your political ideology lined up with her. For the life of me, I cannot understand why someone would admit to voting for Hillary because of what she stands for. That's what I don't get. I can understand if in this election you voted against Trump, ended up voting for Hillary. But if you actually went to the voting booth, skipping along the way, excited to pull the lever for Hillary because you think that she's a stand-up citizen, I think you need to skip along to a therapist because there's something wrong there. And I was saying the same thing during the primaries to my friends that supported Trump. Okay? <clears throat> but when it got down to the general election, I mean, this is ridiculous. There was absolutely no reason to pull that lever for her unless you were voting against Trump, in which case I understand because politically you don't agree. I get that. Here's the other thing about getting into that situation and having Hillary as president as our first female president, things would have come out in public. These investigations, you know, more things would have come out to her on her because more people would be investigating her, looking into her background and everything and trying to get her impeached. Hell hath no fury like a political party that's not in power trying to find ways to impeach the president that is in power at the time. So what would have come up? they would have demolished her. I don't even think that she would have lasted the full first term. And so what would have happened would be that we would have left a bad taste in the mouths of American voters and would have shelved the potential for another chance of a woman running for a long time after that. Because what would be left in the back of people's minds is we got her elected because we wanted a first female president and we didn't pay attention to anything in her background, any of our policies, and we made a big mistake. I think we should hold off on that idea for a little while. So you should actually be happy that Hillary lost this election, as far as I'm concerned. You know, what did the slogan, I'm with her, even mean or stand for? Did you ever really think about that? At least in, in Trump's world, with Make America Great Again, you know... The, the running joke or thing on the left, it wasn't even a joke to them. They actually believed it was that Trump wanted to go back to, you know, the Jim Crow times or whatever and have racism. 
and separate water fountains and bathrooms all over again. That's his great American time. But I don't think that was the case. I think the case was freedom, you know, and, and I'll even go along with that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But I'm with her. That message even me. You can't even back that up with anything. I'm with her. Well, why are you with her? Oh, because she's not Trump. That's the best reason you could have come up with at the time. You know, what about her policies? You know, let's go over what happened with the fear and anxiety, what is happening with the fear and anxiety of those on the left right now. This fear that Trump won't represent women and minorities and those in the LGBTQ community uh, and everything else. First of all, take a look back at Hillary Clinton's statements until she started running for president. She said all along that she was for traditional marriage and actually actively worked against, you know, same-sex marriages. Uh, Here's what happened during the primaries, though. During the primaries on the other side with Trump, when the transgender bathroom rights issue came up and he was asked about this as a candidate in the primaries, he said he doesn't really care who uses the bathrooms in his Trump Towers. So who really was for the rights of those types of people? You know, I would have to put one up on the board for Trump on that one. And I would have to take one off the board for the left for not being able to recognize that or put it out there as, you know, evidence for this. So here's the thing for me. I'm going to make you guys a promise. Uh, whether you're on the left or the right, because I believe that uh, that there's enough hate out there. And, you know, the centralized theme going forward for me for a couple weeks now, I have decided we'll be approaching things out of love and care because I don't think that you can change hearts and minds uh, through anger and shaming. Uh, my promise to you is that I'm going to give President-elect Trump a chance to prove himself one way or the other. You know, either he's going to prove himself to be a class A a hole, like the left is saying right now. There's a another completely opposite extreme point that he may turn out to be the next Ronald Reagan esque type candidate. And then there's also the, the off chance that I may be right, and people like me that it used to be never Trump, that he turns out to be more of a leftist than a rightist. Okay, but if I disagree with his policies, I I will let it be known. I'm going to hold this guy accountable in the things that I do. If he bullies people of individual groups or individuals themselves, I will personally lock arms with those people and march with them peacefully. I'm not going to get involved in this rioting and looting. I'm not going to be part of that type of group because I think you have your priorities completely mixed up. I promise to hold my candidate or my party. I'll I'll go further. I promise to hold my party more accountable than I would in the opposite party. Because if I don't do that and my party starts getting away with things that I held accountable of the opposite party, then that turns me into a hypocrite. And I would rather be holding my own party more accountable than the opposing party in that case. 
I refuse to move forward and speak or act out of hate or contribute to the national bonfire that is happening right now out there with all these riots and, and looting. I will not pour gas on that fire. We are all Americans and should start, and this is the key, communicating with each other to understand one another and move forward. That's what it's going to take. You know, whether it's left versus right, black versus white, poor versus rich, the cops versus the Black Lives Matter. The biggest thing that separates us, the wedge that's out there, is this inability to stop, take emotion out of the equation, and lay the facts out on the table of why we feel a certain way without devolving into throwing around insults at each other and mudslinging. Because that doesn't get us anywhere. As soon as one person starts mudslinging, another, the other person is going to start. And then it's just back and forth, and you just keep on sinking into that quicksand. Instead of approaching it with love and facts, and this is why I feel this way. This is why I'm scared. The left right now should be out there saying, listen, I, know, I understand that you voted for Trump. Look, you're my friend. I understand that you're not a sexist or a racist. Why did you vote for Trump? Well, let me tell you why I voted for Trump. Lay out those facts. Why did you vote for Hillary? Okay. Well, where's the middle ground here? Where do we both agree on these types of subjects? That is where we as Americans can move forward. We're not always going to agree on things. And to be honest with you, I would hate to live in a country where the political opinion or social opinions are all the same. Because there's no way to learn from that. There's no way of moving forward and learning from those types of situations. I personally served on a local school board here, and I praised the fact that I had liberals on the board serving with me. Because when topics would come up, I loved hearing their point of view, thinking about things from a different angle, and reevaluating situations. I may not have always changed my mind, but it was good to hear those, those different points of view. Now, the interesting thing about that is that the liberals that were on the board with me were working behind my back with the teachers union, the women's league of voters, parents in the district, and some teachers and administrators to have me kicked off of the board based purely on the fact of my political ideology, because at no point in time did they ever say anything about disagreeing with the position I took on any of the things that we voted on the district. So I find that kind of funny that I would actually praise different opinions while those different opinion people we're trying to have me thrown off of the board. So I just want to thank you guys for watching. As I said, we're going to get a little bit more lighthearted in the follow-up podcast from here out, unless I'm covering a specific topic like this one. Um, you know, going forward, what we're going to do is cover the topics throughout the week, um, kind of bring some humor into them. I, I like the... I'm not going to give away. I'm not going to give away anything right now. I, I, I like the way that a certain uh, TV channel does political news, and I feel that there needs to be a conservative alternative to that way of broadcasting. And I hope to be one of those types of voices. I think that a great voice out there is Stephen Crowder, who I used to talk to uh, infrequently, but before he made it big, that he has this ability to bring uh, humor into it, and that's what I hope to do as well. So I just want to thank you for watching. Uh, please, 
If you are watching this, head over to my YouTube page, hit subscribe on there. Uh, also find me on Facebook and Twitter and follow me on those as well. Share this with your friends and family. Going forward, we're going to have a lot more fun and cover these topics. And uh, I hope to catch you next time. And thanks again for sticking around with me. I appreciate it. Have a good night.